I kind of think of the imagination as a part of the subconscious mind, a part of your mind, a place. And I think of visualization as the action that you do to communicate to the imagination. Well, hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Unstoppable Woman podcast. I am super excited that you are here today listening to this conversation with someone I'm super excited to dive in with. Her name is Victoria Gallagher, and she is a world-renowned hypnosis expert, hypnotist, and I love talking about the unconscious and the subconscious mind. And so this is going to be a really juicy conversation and I can't wait to dig in and welcome, welcome, Victoria. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for having me on your show. I'm really uh, honored and pleased uh, to be here and to, to really share this enlightening topic with your audience. So thank you so much for having me. You're so welcome. So I have a thousand and one questions about hypnosis. So get ready. We're going to go deep here. Um, well, I have a thousand and two answers. So okay. <laughs> uh, but before I start just diving in, can you set the stage for, for both me and our audience in terms of how you came to hypnosis? What was your draw to it? What's your, what's your history with it? So we understand what you bring to the table and, and who you are. Absolutely. Well, you know, I first had my, I had my first taste of hypnosis when I was about 18 and my mom gave me this book called total self-confidence by Dr. Robert Anthony. And I just gobbled that up. I was just turned on at that point to the whole world of self-help. And I went through that and they they talked a lot in that book. It really opened me up to learning about self-hypnosis, learning about law of attraction, learning about goal setting and achieving things. And I was just in, and then I wasn't <laughs> kind of took a little break, a uh, little hiatus from that whole thing after I got involved in this rock band and, and started pursuing that. And then that led to ultimately becoming a stockbroker, which <laughs> led me to having all of these, uh, kind of anxiety attacks and that all led to personal development again. So it all sort of came full circle about 10 years later when I found myself seated in a personal development seminar. And we were doing a lot of these closed eye techniques where we would visualize things and we would talk about the power of the mind. We would talk about to think is to create. And, and it was just the most profound, prolific, powerful experience. And it was then that I decided that, you know, I want to... I want to help other people to feel this way. And so I started kind of doing a search and, and I came across a hypnotherapy training course that just happened to be a couple blocks down the street from where I lived in Las Vegas at the time. And it was a couple weeks away. And I said, you know what, I, this is it. I want to get certified in hypnosis, hypnotherapy that led to NLP. And I decided to, I wanted to create one of the largest, uh, hypnotherapy websites online. And, uh, you know, and before you knew it, 
I was self-employed and doing my own thing. And that was about 22 years ago. I freaking love it. What a great story. So you really have this very diverse background in terms of like music and the numbers of stock trading. I think there's probably a little risk taker in there from the stock side and then the personal development side. And have you found that that, that sort of variety of talents or um, character traits, if you will, has led you to be more adept at the hypnosis? I would definitely say they all, even though they seem to be unrelated, they all really are connected to each other. The music, I wanted to be a singer. I grew up wanting to be a singer pretty much my whole life, like from the time I was in first grade and the teacher said, oh, you have such a beautiful voice. And so I decided that I wanted to be a singer. And of course that led me to creating my rock band and, and then ended up actually marrying the the person in my rock band um, was my first marriage. And, uh, you know, but when I became a hypnotherapist, you know, it was interesting because the, the person who, um, and I decided I wanted to make these recordings, the person who, uh, helped me to make the, the recordings was my, was my boyfriend at the time who owned a recording studio. I went to his studio actually originally just to make some, uh, karaoke songs. And so, uh, that was how, I met my second boyfriend, which was really interesting because I've met my three long, my three loves of my life through doing, uh, pursuing singing. Uh, so it was interesting though. So I met him by pursuing singing, but then when I decided that I wanted to, uh, you know, create all these recordings, that's where I went to record all of these things. So I really think in so many ways, I mean, it's like, yeah, I, you know, maybe not, um, a rock singer on a rock band. Um, but you know, I rock people's world (laughs) Uh, with my voice and with my writings, um, my script writings. And so in a way it's very similar. I, you know, I see, and then, you know, with the, the stock brokerage background, you know, that really kind of helped me with my money mindset and really to kind of get the money issue out of the way, because, you know, a lot of coaches and spiritual entrepreneurs, particularly, um, women, you know, have a really hard time asking for the sale and asking for, for large amounts of money. And that was kind of something, I mean, I, I would ask people for a hundred thousand dollars to invest in themselves, to invest in their financial future. And I see no difference between investing in your financial future. I mean, people invest in their financial future. They also need to invest in their, in their mind and their body and in, you know, in, in ultimately creating a career that, that, that they want. And so I, I, you know, I, I believe that that really kind of helped me in that regard, just to understand how money works and to understand how other people's money mindsets work. And yeah. <laughs> so there are a couple of things that I want to just riff off of there. One is a little bit of a non sequitur, Victoria. So you had the teacher who said, oh, what a beautiful voice you have. And you ran with that. 
I have the complete opposite experience. I have the teacher. <laughs> you know what? Why don't you mouth the words to the song, right? <laughs> and and that it's so interesting, like thinking about how the how we're so malleable in such an open book. Our, our subconscious is really wide open when we're children. We don't have as much of the 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 gating factors, you know, the conscious mind saying, "Oh, I'm not going to take that in." Um, and so I made that my reality. I made that my, my, my identity, which is you're not someone who can sing, which is absurd. But anyways, little, little, little <laughs> there. but I do want to also talk about this, this uh, money mindset piece in, in sales, because it's something that I, I work with my clients on from a mindset perspective and a tactical perspective, both and asking for money, I think it's different when you're asking for money on behalf of another company than when it's your own business. But nonetheless, it's it's um, it's a challenge for many people. And can you talk a little bit about how hypnosis might help that? I think it would be really useful. And wh- while you're um, speaking to that, can you tell us, like define hypnosis for us, set the frame for what that is for, for people who've heard of it, but don't really have a good definition with it for it? Absolutely. So yeah, let me, um, I'll start with what hypnosis is, and then I'll kind of move into the money mindset and how hypnosis can help with that. So hypnosis in and of itself is, it's really a heightened state of suggestibility, meaning that, you know, you get your mind into a, a place where it's, receptive and it is absorbing the, uh, you know, the new suggestions. And it's so, so it's really uh, hypnosis is a way to bridge the gap between the conscious mind, which is the more literal, rational, um, you know, surface level of our mind um, to our subconscious mind, which is the more um, irrational, creative, emotive, um, part of our mind. And it's that subconscious mind that holds all of our beliefs and our filters through which we see the world and all of these uh, beliefs and these filters through which we see the world, about 80% of them began just like you were talking about when we were in that very early stage of our life, between zero and six years old, you have no conscious mind. There's no conscious mind. There's no rational. There's no like, oh, that makes sense. There's no, there's no common to say no to, to a belief or an outside uh, meaning that someone else is saying the world is like this, or you're like this. You can't, you can't deny it. You can't stop it. You can't, you can't exactly. It's just those, you know, just like they say that our minds are like sponges when we're growing up. And it's absolutely true. They are sponges and they are absorbing every single experience, every word, everything we see, everything we hear, everything we touch. And we learn very quickly at that age. And this is right. Whatever anybody says, whether they're joking, like we don't, the subconscious mind doesn't know that there's, that you're telling a joke. The subconscious mind 
doesn't know that the parents are fighting when they say rotten, awful things to each other. The, the subconscious mind doesn't know that when they hear the parents say, we can't afford that, that's too expensive, you're not worth it, I'm not worth it, whatever it is, whatever the conversations were about money, uh, we're almost out of money, the child support, you know, whatever, all of those things, they just go straight into the subconscious mind. They hear those conversations and they, you know, that becomes the vast majority of our programming, like the next 15% of it, like 95% of our programs are in place by the time we are 18 years old. So the way that we're operating and the way that we're thinking is through the filters of mostly a six-year-old, but also up to about 18 years old. There's very little <laughs> left that is actually uh, created. And most of that is created by our highly emotional um, emotionally charged experiences. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, if you were in a really bad relationship and you heard people in your relationship say nasty things to you when you're in the middle of a knockdown drag out fight. So let's talk about that. So one thing that you said that made me, it just triggered something that I had not thought about until now was, you know, at under six young, you're, you're, you're like a fishbowl, you're like a sponge, you're just taking it all in. And your subconscious mind, the new thought that I just had right now is that your subconscious mind doesn't know that this is just temporary, right? That exactly. like, it doesn't have temporal understanding that this situation, this in the case that we're talking about right now, this money situation, this is temporal. This is not who I am or how the world is. It's, it's not, it, it becomes fixed rather than um, malleable or something that can evolve or change, which is, I think, very fascinating. So one of the things that I've learned around the subconscious is that you can change it through constant space repetition and big emotional like shocks, which in this case, it would be you know, an, a bad relationship would be both. It's constant space repetition and it's kind of a shock to your system. Um, yeah. where, does, where does hypnosis fit into that? Because it seems like it's not such a shock to your system. It's really quite gentle. And it's not constant space repetition because you don't have to do it a thousand times. You can have a very, I mean, I think there is some repetition that's involved, but it's not as much as say saying a, 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 a statement, an affirmation or a new belief to yourself, um, as powerful as that is, hypnosis has this sort of middle way of, of getting into the subconscious. So can you talk about the mechanism there and how that fits in? Absolutely. So there's several ways to get into the subconscious mind. You mentioned the, you know, the, the repetition, the um, heightened emotional experiences, but then hypnosis is a third way to get into the subconscious mind. And the reason why the third way happens is because of the, um, you know, our brain waves. Uh, so we have our, you know, very quick, um, you know, top 
surface level brain waves, which is the beta. It's the conversational. It's what we're using right now when we're wide awake and aware. And so our brain waves are moving very fast. Then we move into alpha and alpha is a little bit of a slower brainwave state. And that's a brainwave state that we access when we are, you know, just kind of closing our eyes for just a little bit and kind of starting to visualize and get a little bit relaxed. The state below that, which is the same state that you technically enter when you go into hypnosis is called theta. And the theta brainwave state is the state of mind that's the, you know, brainwaves are moving very slowly. And when they're, those brainwaves are moving very slowly, it gives access to the subconscious mind. So now we can penetrate through those, you know, the, the critical factor, if you will. So there's this critical factor where if you just gave somebody a suggestion that said, you know, that something that they don't believe that they don't currently believe that critical factor is going to toss it out. So if you gave them a suggestion that, you know, you are open to receiving, um, an abundance of, of clients and their, their mind's going to go something like, yeah, it sounds nice, but I don't really believe that. Right. Well, when you go into hypnosis and you're just in this really kind of dazed, happy, dreamy state. And, you know, it, it kind of sets that critical factor aside and it just allows those suggestions to become absorbed into the subconscious mind. And it still requires, you know, an emotional charge. It still requires a, um, you know, some repetition. So hypnosis, you know, I, it's not just something, it's not like a quick one-time fix where you can just kind of go in and, and alter the subconscious mind, but it's going to happen a lot, lot more quickly than if you just, you know, set affirmations every day for the rest of your life. Um, that, <laughs> you know, that's a, uh, a way that can, can work but it's actually much, much quicker. Um, you know, you can make changes within, you know, within a matter of weeks. Tell me about the, the brain waves, the brain states, because I think that's really interesting, the whole beta, then what was it? Alpha, then theta. And mm -hmm. theta is where you're, you're much more open and accessible. How do you, do you find that the music, because I know you do recordings, do you find that having the theta music, I don't know if you do that, but the theta music behind it helps with that? Because I know that when I've done my own recordings for myself, they're not hypnosis, but my own sort of belief statements for myself, and I map it to, to theta music, I'm mm -hmm. like, oh, this is great. I can't work, but this is great. And so I've had to do sort of like a little bit more of the alpha style music to be able to to listen while I'm doing other things but anyways is is that super um is that a way to to really help the individual access that state so I'll tell you a couple things uh so number one I only recently started adding and this what you're called what you're talking about are called binaural beats yes. and so those binaural beats um you know what it does is it synchronizes the patterns of the brainwave patterns to these kind of undetectable beats. 
And what happens is it sort of just synchronizes the brain to be at that, you know, lower um, or whichever, you know, frequency those binaural beats are designed to cause the brain to go into. For many years, I kind of felt like, and I still have a tendency, I like to train people to do things in the most natural way possible. Um, so, you know, for the longest time, I would just do a lot of, you know, my hypnosis without those, those brainwave states. But then I kind of realized, you know, that resistance is just all about me uh, needing to make everything harder than it really needs to be. Like, why not <laughs> you know, if I'm helping guide people into hypnosis, then why not make it just a, that much easier for them? And so it absolutely is a, a way to, you know, just guide the brain waves to enter that state more naturally, more easily, and to keep it there. Because you can also, you can program uh, with the binaural beats, you can have them slowly uh, get into lower and lower vibes. And then as you're bringing them back out of trance, you can uh, slowly bring those uh, bring those binaural beats up so they can also wake up a little, little easier. Because I've found that if you, if you keep them at the same, because um, I've done this for myself, I have some where I just kept it at theta and then boom, you know, now we're waking up and it takes a little while for the brain yeah. to get out of that groggy state. Yeah. So you got to be really, uh, really careful with them, um, depending on, you know, what you have going on next. It's fine if you're just going to use it and then go to sleep. But yeah. if you got things you got to do, it takes a little while to, for the brain to like wake back up out of that theta state. Yeah. Totally, totally. Okay, now I want to ask like a totally technical question, like help me understand how this works. So I've done like this much, just a small amount of hypnosis, but I've done like uh, a, an audio recording that someone has personally created for me. I've listened to a couple um, recordings that are, um, you know, that you can purchase. I've done self-hypnosis by writing, which has been fascinating and I've worked with um an individual hypnosis hyp hypnotist, mm -hmm. and it's like freaking magic that like moment where you go from I'm conscious to I'm in this like uh, and you know like you're like okay I'm conscious and yet I'm do I can't pull my hands apart I can't open my hands. <laughs> like and it's in it's very subtle the, the mechanism, like you, you're not even aware of what it is that is allowing you to move from one state to the other. So what is that? Like, are you able to talk about that without demystifying it so much that it won't work for people? So that's a really, really interesting question. Um, you know, it really is all just about the subconscious mind uh, you know, responding to those, those suggestions. I think what you're talking about is like, you know, like when you can't pull your 
hands apart. You know, this is something that hypnotists do to check, yeah. uh, to make sure that you are uh, deep enough. And so, uh, so there's different checkpoints. They have, um, you know, a scale of, of various, various different depths that you go into when you're in hypnosis. And this was developed many, many years ago by some pioneers in the hypnosis field that the names are not going to instantly come to me right now as Dale, you know, is one of the pioneers, you know, they all came up though, with these depth testing uh, measures that just these things are naturally occurring phenomenon that happen when you reach a certain level of uh, hypnosis. So for example, when you get to the first state, you experience what's called eye catalepsy. And so where you get to a certain state that if you are buying into the suggestions and you are using your imagination well enough. And, and most of this is how well can you use your imagination? I mean, part of it is like, you know, there's this, there's a difference between being, uh, where you can't open your eyes because you're imagining yourself so well that you can't open your eyes and then trying to open your eyes and finding that they stay shut. Um, but if, you know, a fire truck was coming to your house and your house was on fire, would you be able to open your eyes and come out of trance immediately? Yes. That, you know, you can always you know, you can always break that state if there was some sort of a, an emergency, because we have in us like in a natural emergency response mode that just comes out of those, those states easily. But for all intents and purposes, there's these different levels that just are natural. And that's the only way to really explain it is they're naturally occurring um, hypnotic phenomenon. And so as you continue to relax deeper and deeper, you're going to uh, be able to, you know, experience the arm catalepsy all the way down to what they call um, negative and positive hallucinations. So negative uh, hallucinations is where the hypnotist will actually ask you to open your eyes and imagine that something has disappeared from the room. That chair is no longer there, or you're, you know, they'll, you know, you, you can, um, you, and then you can even do positive, uh, hallucinations, which is another level. And on that level, you'll imagine that there is something there and they'll be able to describe it in perfect detail, every little, you know, the colors and how big it is. And, and they'll be able to actually see something is actually there. That's not really there. And it's a hallucination. So it's, it's really fascinating. These are just Again, there's no other real explanation that I have for it at this time, other than it's just these hypnotic phenomena that are only possible when you reach a certain depth of hypnosis. And so the, I find this fascinating because it's, it's kind of like when you're asleep in a dream and you can't move your arms and legs and you, 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 you're trying to wake up and you can't, and it's like, what's going on there? It's a fascinating experience. It's a very similar experience to that. I mean, that's pretty much exactly it. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, some, some people do experience that, uh, you know, sleep, uh, 
catalepsy, which is, you know, it's, it's slightly different from hypnosis, but it's the same experience. You know, it's, it's, it's the same experience of where like, whoa, I just, I can't, <laughs> I can't move. <laughs> so, and, and a hypnotist is able to take you into that state very quickly and what's that mechanism? Like, I know that the, this is, you know, there's a whole study and training that goes into this. So I'm not expecting the, that to, to be communicated in a few minutes, but like, it seems like that feels like magic that happens. Like you're conscious and then you're in a trance and it seems like it's, uh, someone's just talking and there's this weird thing that your brain hooks into. So it's really the power of suggestion. And, and that's the, really the best way that you can explain it. That that mechanism is just, it's the power of, of suggestion. Your subconscious mind just takes that suggestion and it doesn't know the difference between what's real and imagined. And it's so, it's not literal. And uh, I mean, I'm sorry, the other way around. <laughs> It is literal. It is very literal. And so it takes whatever you tell it um, as, as the truth in, the, in that moment. And it'll, it just makes it happen. Hey, Amira here with a quick announcement for you. We are super excited to be offering our community a new training. It's a 60-minute deep dive into the five critical components required to make a quantum leap and master money and master scale. So in this training, we are going to be covering how to raise your internal set point for success and for income generation, both for yourself and your business and how to increase your focus and accountability on a daily basis so you keep your word and you don't end up disappointing yourself not doing what you said you were going to do. This is one of the key components to moving the needle in your business and creating more income and revenue. Okay. And then we're going to be talking about how to fast track your innate ability to think like a successful entrepreneur. So that plus several other things, we are going to be deep diving for 60 minutes and I cannot wait for you to join me. So please register for this special training at theunstoppablewoman.com slash money and I'll see you there. So when people say that they can't be hypnotized or, mm -hmm. um, you know, they're, they're challenged, you know, no one's ever been able to hypnotize me or any of that. What is that about? Is that ego? Is that um, the wrong hip hypnotist? Is that l a lack of desire to be hypnotized? Where, where does that come in? Because if it's the power it of suggestion, are they, mm -hmm. are they just resisting the suggestion? And then is that, this is a long-winded question, but is that then like, I teach something along the lines of, you have to really want it. Like you can, you like, how badly do you want your income breakthrough? How badly do you want to quantum leap your income? Because you can say consciously that you want to, you know, double your income, quadruple your income, 10 times your income. But if emotionally underneath, the fear of achieving that is bigger than the desire to have it, to create it, to be it, you don't want it badly enough and you'll resist everything. So in, in, in that framework, can you answer the question of like, 
when people say I, I'm, I can't be hypnotized, what that means? Yes, absolutely. So in what you just brought up there, you mentioned many key words that I would say have to do with why a person can't be hypnotized. Number one, it's the vocabulary in and of itself. I can't be hypnotized, which is your voice. You're constantly hypnotizing yourself. So there's that. There's the lack of understanding. Let, let pause right there, because I think that's such an important point. And I want to just underscore it for, for my listeners here. The language that you use to speak to yourself about yourself and about the rest of the world and about others is self-hypnosis. Okay. It absolutely is. It's you are hypnotizing yourself again and again and again and again. I'm a bit of a language uh, Nazi with my clients. I'm like, stop that. Stop. Your your word is your power. Let's let's shift that energy and reframe this, not just from a positive psychology or even like just positive thinking perspective, but from a like your word is your power. And, and what are you actually saying to yourself? Because it is this kind of self, self-hypnosis. Okay. Absolutely. And I also want to break up a, contra- a possible potential contradiction in what I'm saying, because, you know, on the one hand, we're saying that, well, you need hypnosis in order for the self-hypnosis suggestions to work. Um, but then at the same time, we're also saying that you know, our, our word is our power and every word that we are saying to ourselves goes into our subconscious mind. Okay. So the difference is those things that you're saying to yourself that like, I can't be hypnotized. That's really just reinforcing an existing filter and existing belief that a person already has. So those suggestions are going to take those suggestions are going to just continue to reinforce the suggestions that are already there. Those when a person habitual pattern, they're, they're, they're the well-worn path through the forest that's already there. It's already there. Exactly. And so you're, you're able to say, "Uh uh-huh. Yep. I agree with that. The, the suggestions that you give to yourself that, you know, say something like, you know, I'm a money magnet or, you know, whatever. And if you don't really believe that there's going to be some resistance to believing that and to allowing that to get absorbed into the subconscious mind. So that's why we got to relax that, you know, uh, conscious mind, get the critical factor out of the way so that suggestions like that can go in and turn that into uh, the new reality. But getting back to your question, um, which was about why a person feels like they can't be hypnotized. And, you know, part of it, I mean, it's, it's like all of the above, all the things that you said, number one, it is, it can be the confidence level of the hypnotist. And if there's a low confidence level with that hypnotist, that's something that you can't even pick up on, um, you know, visually, or, you know, you don't know why you don't believe this person, but there's just something subtle that's happening and it's coming through their body language. It's coming in their mannerisms. It's coming in the way that you're hearing them speak to you. And so it's, you know, it can be the hypnotist. It can also be just not even having the rapport with the hypnotist because a lot of people, um, I mean, you need to get into, um, you, you know, you need to like the person that is hypnotizing you. If you're just like, no, oh, there's something off about this person. You're probably not going to be able to accept what they're saying to you or trust what they're saying to you. Another reason is fear. 
a lot of people, they, you know, the pre-talk, which most hypnotists are, you know, um, doing uh, for a good 10, 15 minutes before they ever put you into hypnosis, the pre-talk is designed to really give the person all of the information that they need to have before they go into hypnosis to bust up any of those myths. So many people think that, you know, going into hypnosis, you're going to lose control or hypnotists can, um, you know, have you do things that you didn't really want to do. And none of that stuff is actually true, but it's just things that we've, people have picked up from watching stage shows or seeing movies about hypnosis and all of that stuff is just for entertainment. The real clinical hypno hypnosis is so much different than that. And so the hypnotist has to there for a second, because this is a, big yes. Thing, okay. Yeah. Like, like people think I'm going to be taken over and I'm going to be made to do things I don't want to do, but we know that that's not true. The, the hypnosis community has validated and, and I'm, I'm sure you can tell us why that's validated, but that we can't be made to do anything that we don't want to do. So with that in mind, how is it? Okay. So help me understand this because yeah. what I see with my clients and I have this experience with myself over the years, working with my limiting beliefs in business and having to break through to get to that next level and all of that that consciously I can say, I want this, let's say it's making seven figures, right? And, but subconsciously there's an unknown fear that's saying, no, that's dangerous. That's, that's changed. That's not who I am. That's not my self-image. That's not my identity. And that I would put into the category of, I don't want to do that. Now, the way mm -hmm. I help people work through this is I help them unpack what those semi-conscious, unconscious, subconscious beliefs are about themselves, bringing light and awareness to it, and then being able to unpack that and, and change their self-image and identity as a result of seeing that awareness. How can hypnosis work? And I know it does, but how can hypnosis work if it can't make us do something we don't want to do? Like mm -hmm. explain the power of the conscious mind versus the subconscious mind there. Because consciously, yes, I'm coming to you for weight loss. I want to lose weight. I'm coming to you for to stop smoking. I want to stop smoking. But subconsciously, I think uh, it's dangerous to let go of the weight because then all the men are going to hit on me, and it, you know uh, I have a history of sexual abuse, and that's unsafe or something. I'm making up a. Uh, an example or with smoking it's like smoking is my best friend it's been with me for years I'm nothing without smoking that's my identity I I'm afraid to let that go subconsciously or if we want to talk about you know business stuff it's like if if I grow if I hit that seven figures I won't have any friends or colleagues and I'll be you know successful at the top alone and that's a subconscious or semi-conscious belief so how then as a framework there Consciously, we want something. Subconsciously, we, we don't want it. The subconscious is running the show 90% of the time. How then, right. how then can we say hypnosis doesn't, can't get you to do anything you don't want to do since the subconscious really doesn't want to do that. The conscious mind wants to do it, but it's only worth 10% of your, your energy. Right. No, I totally understand the question. And it really just gets back to your limiting beliefs and 
figuring out what the subconscious mind is believing about that thing. And, you know, and a lot of that really happens in the, you know, the therapy process that, that happens before we even go into hypnosis. So we'll, so I'll, I'll ask, you know, so what did you learn about money or what, you know, what do you want to believe about money? And what are some of the things that are, that are getting in your, you know, what, what do you, you know, and we'll even ask the subconscious mind. Sometimes I'll just have them like close their eyes for a little while and like really listen to the beliefs that are there. And then we do a process called interrogating the, uh, you know, the limiting beliefs. So we'll just literally ask, um, you know, is that really true? Who did you learn that from? Um, is that true for everyone? And before the hypnosis or during the hypnosis? We'll do that before the hypnosis. Um, and then literally we take whatever those beliefs, you know, uh, you know, whatever those beliefs are that we have figured out are not true and literally ask, um, you know, to convert those and to ad ad address those exact beliefs. So what would you like to believe instead? And, you know, and so I, I kind of, you know, take them into a, um, you know, kind of like a healing room where they can literally look at their limiting beliefs on a whiteboard and cross those out. And it's kind of a little bit of an NLP technique. And, you know, we play with some colors and we make them, you know, bigger and, and take out the colors and make them smaller and ultimately create these new uh, beliefs. And then actually having them move into and using a lot of visualization. I think visualization is another really, really strong way to uh, change the beliefs in the subconscious mind to, to me. Yeah. Me to me personally, go ahead. Um, Cause I'm a, I'm big into visualization and I, 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 I believe in the power of imagination to bring us all the ideas and uh, solutions that we could possibly desire. And I just had someone talk to me about the difference between visualization and imagination. And I hadn't really articulated it as separate or different things. Do you see them as separate or different things? It's so interesting that you mentioned that because I actually do talk about the differences between those in my, in my book. And so I, I consider visualization a mechanism to get into the imagination. I consider the imagination um, like the place, the, the place in your mind ultimately that connects, um, both it, it's like a two-way communication system. So yeah. it's where your visualizations kind of go to cook into the thing that you want to manifest, but it's also the imagination is also the storehouse where you receive uh, insights and, and ideas and intuition, it comes into. So it, I kind of, I kind of think of the imagination as a part of the subconscious mind, a part of your mind, a place. And I think of visualization as the action that you do to communicate to the imagination. 
Interesting. As opposed to imagine as a verb, it's imagine imagination as a place. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I think of it as. Now, imagine as a verb is like just almost akin to visualizing. Yeah, that's how. But I- it's another, it's another word to use because some people aren't visual. So when they hear the word visualization, but they don't really see very vivid, clear pictures, and they have a little bit better of a time. Uh, a little easier of a time hearing things or that maybe they're more kinesthetic. So there's, you know, auditory people, visual visual people and and kinesthetic people. Um, Imagine's a good word, a good verb to use um, instead of visualize because they, you know. um, I think the power of imagination is just huge. And if people can tap into that, it's such a storehouse of power that's like so easily accessible once you give yourself permission to imagine. And I think that that permission has been withdrawn um, unbeknownst to most people as if it were fantasy, like the thing that you were told as a kid, stop, stop your mind wandering, come back here. Right. And, and we were, reprimanded focus 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 and yet and i love to focus focus is great you need to be able to focus if you want to build your business and your imagination is such an incredible tool so circling back to the hypnosis it's it's like before the hypnosis session or in the hypnosis session before you hypnotize the person you are engaging their imagination to help them see what's possible for them and and to get clarity and that helps them have buy-in so that their their subconscious is a yes and you're not fighting or in resistance to it yeah and i use a lot of the going into the imagination too in their hypnosis session as well um i like to engage all parts um so i you know i i talk with words to the subconscious mind i have them evoke their imagination and and visualize their desires and and visualize themselves at the as a new person and moving into the near future where these things are already and then i also engage the emotion because i think the emotion is also a huge key. And that's one of the, one of the reasons why, you know, so many people, especially, you know, you'll see all these uh, sleep videos and things like that on YouTube where, you know, it's like, Oh, just sleep yourself to success and uh, sleep your way to success (laughs) with, uh, you know, these meditations and affirmations and subliminals and all of that. And personally, I just think that that's just not you know, that's just not where it's at. Um, because, you know, let me ask you a question on that. Cause this is one of my big questions for you. Cause you do both. You do the one-on-one, uh, hypnotist, you know, personal hypnotism sessions. I don't know how to say that obviously. And, uh, the recordings. So mm-hmm. what would you say the difference is between, uh, the, both how it works and the results from doing a one-on-one session with a hypnotist versus doing a well-crafted recording, but that's crafted for a one-to-many rather than a, um, a personalized individualized session. 
Yeah. So let me answer that. Let me just um, finish up that, you know, about the sleep. So, you know, I mean, hypnosis is, is not sleep. So um, you, that's, it's so important to understand that you really need to be able to engage the, you know, the emotions, the visualization, the visualizations, and you're not doing that when you're listening to something while you're asleep or listening to um, subliminals and things like that. So the difference, um, you know, between uh, the guided recordings and uh, doing a live one-on-one, there, there are benefits to both for sure. Um, Most people can get benefits out of listening to the guided uh, hypnosis recordings. And, you know, those are going to require, you know, much repetition. They're not, you know, developed uh, specifically for you. So there's going to be some suggestions in there that, you know, may not be exactly your uh, ideal set of words or, or visions. And so that's the downfall in using that. But the you know, they're inexpensive. You can, you know, use use them as many times as you want. Um, when you're working with a, a trained hypnotist um, one-on-one and it's just you and that person, you and that hypnotist, they are creating a set of suggestions and, and um, visions that are directly, re- you know, related to you. Um, they're asking questions and they're formulating those suggestions. Um, and, and there's also custom hypnosis as well. So where they can make a custom hypnosis recording, I, I do that as well. And, um, and so it's speaking directly to you about your specific goal, um, in words that are your, your choosing that are 100% related to you. And that's just going to be, far, far more effective, but then, you know, for the person who's just not in a position to pay, um, you know, for that kind of, um, service, then, you know, then you're going to get, you're going to be able to get, you know, probably 80 to 90% of those kinds of results by using a very effective, um, meditation or hypnosis guided recording that's already pre-recorded. That's great. So before I ask you my last two questions, where can people find out more about you, your hypnosis work, both the audio and the personal uh, work that you do? How do they, how do they find you? Well, the first place that I really want your audience to know about, since we've been talking so much about hypnosis, um, is my HypnoCloud app because um, the HypnoCloud app is my life's work of over 500 hypnosis recordings um, all in one place. And um, it's the best way really to get your taste of um, what it's like, you know, I've got some free sessions in there and then the rest of them, the whole library opens up uh, for an extremely low monthly uh, fee. Um, And then, you know, if you want to, uh, you know, work with me personally or, um, you know, take any of my online courses, um, all of that, uh, you can find out more at my website, which is Victoria M gallagher.com and um, you can get access to my uh, practical law of attraction book um, and all of my um, you know one-on-one sessions my courses the whole world of victoria 
That's great. And we'll put all <laughs> that in the show notes. So thank you for that. We'll make sure that, that it's easily accessible. I think my audience is going to um, eat it up. They're going to love this because they really, I mean, I, I teach a lot about the power of the subconscious mind and how we need to really um, harness that power for for what we want and how it can, if we're uh, unconscious to how it is the governor in our life, it can really hinder our ability to not only create the life that we want, relationships, health, all of that, but you know, financially, it's going to keep you from doing the things in your business that you have to do because you want something more. And we talked about sales earlier, but there are a thousand and one uh, things that you need to do to grow your business. And if you have a visibility issue or you're scared of, you know, fear of success, fear of failure, right? There's fear of rejection, all of these things. These are really core things in your subconscious that are keeping you limited and, and playing out an old identity that really isn't the truth of who you are. So I, I highly recommend all the tools for, you know, working with your subconscious mind. So a couple more questions for you before we wrap up. Okay. What do you love about being a woman in business for yourself? You know, I, um, I would just say, I just love being in business for myself because it gives me the freedom. For example, yesterday, um, you know, I just, I, I live in Arizona and I've got this beautiful hiking, uh, all around me and I, it was, it's such a beautiful, beautiful day. I had all the windows up as high as they could go, but that wasn't enough. I'm like, you know what? I just want to, I just want to go out and uh, go for a hike. And it was like 1230 in the afternoon. And if I was not in business for myself, I would probably have to, um, either lie to my boss, which I wouldn't do. <laughs> I would just have to wait it out. I just wouldn't be able to have that kind of freedom. So I just love the freedom that it gives me to do whatever I want, whenever I want and have, you know, unlimited control over my success and, and, um, and help as many people as I want in an unlimited way. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Freedom is a big one. So important. So, and what makes you unstoppable? Do you consider yourself an unstoppable woman? I am unstoppable. Let me tell you, I, I would say that, you know, there's just certain goals that, that I have that I, you know, still am working on achieving and, you know, and I just, I never, ever give up. I just, I'm, I have this amazing level of tenacity that like will not let me give up. Sometimes I might set something aside for a little while and maybe work on another one of my half dozen or dozen projects that is always kind of circulating through my mind at any one time. Um, so I always have, a, you know, another project that I can kind of work on just to keep myself you know, if I get stuck on something, but getting stuck is just never, never, you know, an opportunity to quit or fail. I just don't have any quit in me whatsoever. I just, I, you know, I, I will succeed. And I just have this personality that won't ever give up. I freaking love it. Persistence, tenacity, no, no quitting. I love no, it. Yes. Persistence. <laughs> you nailed it. So key. It's so key. So 
I want to thank you so much for joining us on this podcast. Thank you so much for your generosity in terms of the information that you shared and the clarity with which you speak about the work that you do and how well you communicate how it works so that it's no longer or less of a mystery and people can really access this powerful tool. I think that's, that's an amazing talent that you have to speak so clearly and eloquently. And I thank you for that. So thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you so much, Amira, for having me on your show. It was a blessing. And I just, I love hearing you say that because that is something that I feel like I have worked to achieve is to be able to speak to people with more clarity and understanding and really give them a thorough understanding of what this is all about and how they can use it in their own life. Absolutely. It's so important for people to have clear, good information. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, thanks so much for joining us and being part of the Unstoppable Woman movement. We have got a ton of free resources for scaling your business at theunstoppablewoman.com slash free stuff. And you can find that link in the description below. So go ahead and check those out. And we'd also love your help in getting our message out to more and more women. If you'd be willing to share this video with all the unstoppable women in your life, that would be fantastic. And while you're at it, hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode. Reviews, likes, and comments are greatly appreciated. We go in and read them all. So thank you for those. And thanks for listening and be unstoppable. Unstoppable.